Wow. You're gonna like this. Oh, no, I'm not. Cause there is no goddamn middle. This is not unlike ancient Rome, by the way. Not so much the family circus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when, um, I did, when I did Mary Shelley, I had the same issue with necromancy. A lot of them yeah. wanted to create self-sustaining farms and got into crystals. I know. Okay. I understand that. And, but yeah, I'm reading Livy, uh, who is a shitty historian. Because eerie guy guys. Others say that because Laurentia's body was common to all the shepherds around, she was called a she-wolf, which is a Latin term for whore. You were audible last season. It just, most of it was you slamming the table. As, as <laughs> the, the Romanists at the table. Well, duh. Yeah. Obviously. Ipso facto. Right. You know, to engage in a little bit of Latin. You have a sword rat. This is a geek history of time. Where we connect nerdery to the real world. I'm Ed Blaylock, a, uh, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, uh, father and uh, a <laughs> world history teacher here in Northern California. Uh, and uh, at the risk of dating us today uh, with this recording, I just managed today to finalize my grades for distance learning and get them all sent off. And I am now off the hook. Until they decide to drag us back, uh, no doubt, in the middle of a, what are we going to call it, wave 1.5 uh, in August uh, to go back to school. <laughs> and who are you, sir? Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I am 42 years old. I don't mind saying it. Uh, that way, when I listen to this again in eight years, I'll be like, oh, remember when my voice was less gravelly. Uh, so I am a Latin teacher. Uh, I believe next year I will only have Latins, and I have been working all day from about 10 in the morning until about half an hour ago on recording content for my level three class because I run a boot camp in the summer for kids who want to get into AP. I am wiped out on having done nothing <laughs> but just recorded myself. So, of course, here we go. Uh, yeah, I, well, you know. <laughs> my district, I'm sure, will... Spent what? After you've spent all day doing that, what do you do with your free time but get in front of a microphone, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I have no doubt that my district will find some way to top yours as far as its idiocy. Uh, they recently <laughs> sent out a survey, and I sent something back telling them that they were on notice for the kinds of surveys that they put out to the parents and then don't listen. So I don't know what I'm going to do uh, during the summer. Well, I do know what I'm going to do during the summer, uh, but uh, I'm going to kind of miss um, having to speak truth to power. So I'm sure my district will find a way to get me to do that. Uh, and who knows what else is going to happen in the news. So Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure whether they intend to do it or not, I'm sure they will give you every opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Uh, so, um, let's do something light. The whole world has been on fire for a little while. Uh, we went from disease to, uh, to massive revolt. unrest. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Wishful thinking, a revolt. Um, and, uh, all yeah. the police had to do was arrest like seven people, but instead they dug in their heels around the nation and, and, uh. They're completely Ar toned arrested, out. arrested a whole bunch more and essentially committed their own uprising in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of scary. Um, against the actual sovereign power of the country, which is to say the people. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, so in, in an effort to give us something light and escapist, mm -hmm. um, 
which which you know knowing us we'll we'll do our damnedest and and probably fail but yes. but in an effort to give us something escapist what have you got for me tonight um we've discussed hogwarts in the past yes we have and we've discussed superheroes in the past yes we have and i've even brought superheroes and hogwarts together in prior episodes yes this yes, episode this is, true. is entirely superheroes and hogwarts okay so we're sorting here? superheroes from the Marvel world into houses. Ooh, okay. All right. All right. I can get behind this. I, I can I, get behind I this. I have no doubt. I, I was hoping to keep this one dry until we could all meet in person again. Uh, yeah. Just because having uh, our, our former guest, our, Tessa, as a moderator yeah. would have been wonderful. Well, um, I, <laughs> or, you know, uh, shouting participant. Right. Uh, <laughs> Either will know. do. <laughs> yeah. So to start with, though, let's go back to what the four Hogwarts houses are. Uh, and before okay. I even start that, um, I, I need to call out the fact that uh, J.K. Rowling has doubled and tripled down on her transphobic turfing. Um, and she's kind of showing herself to be a garbage person. Have 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 we only gotten to tripling or are we now at like quintupling? Oh, she very well Because yeah. like, like, like every, every time, like, like I can only imagine the folks from Warner Brothers getting on the phone where they're like, um, so yeah. Could you stop? Uh, JK. JK, sweetie, booby, <laughs> honey, dear, we really want to keep making money off of this. Could you just not? Yeah. Like, so. like, you know... Yeah, please. She's, she's just... essentially like just I mean, she's doing the thing that I expect people at her age to do if they stop learning. But because she wrote such wonderful books that were that tackled issues of inclusivity and difference, uh, it's it's kind of a body blow to a lot of folks I know who are huge fans. And they're mm -hmm. having to reconcile it. And part of me is sitting there as a Star Wars fan going, yeah, no, this is what I went through uh, several times with George Lucas. So you you learn to love the world and you need to call out the person who built it okay so i'm i want to i want to i want to pause you right there sure cuz cuz you you know you talk about going through this with lucas mm -hmm. like you you specifically call out lucas mm -hmm. now he's you know a boomer so and there's a modesto that boomer. he's he's, so, a, he's a modesto he's a modesto sorry modesto central boomer, valley but you know yeah, you 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 know you know what you having, did having 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 family <laughs> down there yeah, yeah you you know mm -hmm. yeah um but you know so so boomer modesto boomer who then went and became an auteur mm -hmm. and and we we have had some some kind of uh uh side sideline uh tangential discussion of what exactly you know that means as far as you're an asshole yeah. um yeah you're an abusive prick but, <laughs> yeah but but my own experience with problematicness mm -hmm. being associated with star wars mostly and and as i'm saying this of course I'm, I'm i'm realizing things but but mostly has to do with other fans mm -hmm. being over entitled non-inclusive privileged little white boy crybabies yeah so so which is not something i, I see think? with jk rowling's property no it's interesting no, just, yeah that's no, missing yeah, yeah yeah but but what i'm curious about is mm -hmm. what specifically are you talking about about lucas in that context so we can start with um jar jar binks 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. As, okay. As I was, as I was, as I was bringing the question up, it was like, yeah. oh wait, right, right, the, right. Prequels. the prequels. Yeah. Oh, so when he shit, made yeah. his fan films, um, <sighs> he included all the he basically okay. The the original the the holy trilogy the Ridge tridge, um, they they had the benefit of somebody pulling him back and a studio system controlling him on some levels, and that collaboration that tension made a really cool. Um, really cool world. Uh, yeah. When when he made his fan films, uh, the the Lucas trilogy, uh, he because that's kind of what they are. Uh, kind of. He didn't have kind of. <laughs> he didn't have an editor um, or anybody who could pull him back because now he was the studio. He became the thing that he was railing against. Um, and and he'd already kind of flip flopped on a few things that, uh, frankly, like they're really minor compared to the shit that we're talking about as far as J.K. Rowling goes. But he he used to call out Ted Turner and be like, "You can't alter films, man. Like they they are oh, done." Yeah, yeah. And then he goes and alters all his films, um, and then uses that to bankroll the the, the Lucas trilogy. Okay. So yeah. I, I- you know, I, I think I think there's there's a there is a qualitative difference, or, mm-hmm. or there is there is I don't know if it's an ethical difference, but mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, if if a, if a film is made in black and white, and mm-hmm. you as somebody who was not involved in the making of that movie go back mm-hmm. and make alterations, I I I see what you're saying about his artistic integrity when he then you know because because that's what he called Turner out about was yes. was colorizing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he went back to the Holy Trilogy, as you call it. And mm-hmm. I'm forever now going to call it going forward. And because uh, I'm, I'm stealing that shit. That's oh, yeah. like Do done. It. And Do but, it. but he went back and, and he did the remastered version. And and I get what you're saying about, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's a done thing, leave it done. But it's him tinkering with his own, with his own toy well okay so let me tell you, you what know. he said these are his words my name is george okay. lucas i'm a writer director and producer of motion pictures and chairman of the board of lucasfilm ltd a multifaceted entertainment corporation i'm not here today as a writer director or as a producer or as the chairman of a corporation i've come as a citizen of what i believe to be a great society that is in need of a moral anchor to help define and protect its intellectual and cultural heritage it is not being protected the destruction of our film heritage, with which is the focus of concern today, is only a tip of the iceberg. American law does not protect our painters, sculptors, recording artists, authors, or filmmakers from having their life work distorted and their reputation ruined. If something is not done now to clearly state the moral rights of artists, current and future technologies will alter, mutilate, or and destroy for future generations the subtle human truths and highest human feeling that talented individuals within our society have created. A copyright is held in trust by its owner until it ultimately reverts to public domain. American works of art belonging to the American public. They are part of our cultural history. So far, so good. People who alter or destroy works of art and our cultural heritage for profit or as an exercise of power are barbarians. And if the laws of the United States continue to condone this behavior, history will surely classify us as a barbaric society. The preservation of our cultural heritage may not seem to be as politically sensitive an issue as, quote, when life begins or, quote, when it should be appropriately terminated, but it is important because it gets to the heart of what sets mankind apart. Creative expression is at the core of our humanness. Art is a distinctly human endeavor. We must have respect for it if we are to have any respect for the human race. 
These current defacements are just beginning. Today, engineers with their computers can add color to black and white movies, change the soundtrack, speed up the pace, and add or subtract material to the philosophical tastes of the copyright holder. Tomorrow, more advanced technology will be able to replace actors with fresher faces or alter dialogue and change the movement of actors' lips to match. It will soon be possible to create a new, quote, original negative with whatever changes or alterations the copyright holder of the moment desires. The copyright holders so far have not been completely diligent preserving the original negatives of the films they control. In order to reconstruct old negatives, many archivists have had to go to Eastern Bloc countries where American films have been better preserved. In the future, it will become even easier for old negatives to become lost and, quote, replaced by new altered negatives. This would be a great loss to our society. Our cultural history must not be allowed to be rewritten. There's nothing to stop American films, records, books, and paintings from being sold to foreign entity or egotistical gangsters and having them change our cultural heritage to suit their personal taste. I'm sorry, but hold on. Sure. Just the phrase, egotistical gangsters. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So sorry, I just that that mm-hmm. particular bit of, of of verbiage. So so when when did he say that? Nineteen eighty eight. What? Okay. <laughs> March third. <sighs> in right. front of Congress. So, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that has that yeah. has every every hallmark of being a congressional thing. Yeah. He goes you on know, for he, a bit and accuses and, oh, and it's yeah. hyperbolic, but yeah, yeah. it's yeah yeah. You know how so, how much how much more naive were we when when whether or not movies ought to be colorized? What was what was going on before Congress? Well, let's see. In 1988, uh, we had just decided to give reparations to Japanese people who are Japanese Americans who had been interned. Yeah, you no, know, I, 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 yeah, but but you 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 get what I'm you get yes, what I'm talking about. Yes. So I was like, oh my, really? Yeah. Really, that was this. This was a big enough deal mm-hmm. that it was before, and I do remember it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was it was oh so long ago. So those are his words. Um, and okay. then he also said to yeah, Charlie Rose right. in 2015 um, that uh, he didn't like the direction that Disney was taking uh, Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, and that um, he felt like he sold his children to white slavers. Yeah, yeah, I remembered that quote right yep. before you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like I said, he's a problem. Yeah. He is a yeah. problem. Well, yeah, but yeah. but yeah, uh, Rowling is is a bigger one um, mm-hmm. by far. Well, and, she's a much more and, active problem right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. and and yeah, um, you know, and and the thing is. What you what you mentioned a minute ago about the fandom, mm-hmm. I, I think, is an important distinction, and and I think what what we should probably make clear mm-hmm. here before we get started with the part of the show that's going to be lighthearted, we promise. Yes, is um, that the 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 universe that all of this happens in, and the overarching story of good versus evil and you know kindness and love of several different varieties and diversity and and all of that is what wins out in the end that is what we are attached to that is what we are passionate about and and that is the part of this that we are choosing to play with yeah yeah 
Um, and, and the statements of the author are unfortunate and she sucks. Yes. But yeah, the world she created for us, it's, you know, Timothy Zahn once said, we're playing with our star Wars toys in George Lucas's driveway. Sometimes he'll back over them, (laughs) (laughs) which that's kind of what it is. You know, you're. Oh, if you could see Ed is leaning back and laughing hard. That's, <laughs> that's such a Timothy Zahn. It really remark. is. That's really great. Sometimes he'll back over them. Yeah. 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 I like so, that. I so, like, you know, she's kind of doing the same thing. She's made this great world. And you know what they say? Like art is never finished. It's abandoned. She should have abandoned it. Um. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but. she should have. She should have just walked away. Um, now, having yeah. said that, Marvel Comics has its own troublesome past as well. There's all kinds of not yeah. paying the artist things. So I am not <clears> blind <throat> to the fact that the very wrestling that I love, for instance, is run by one of the most venal curs to ever venally cur. Uh, so I, uh, I, I, I suppose you can. I suppose you can. You can add verb verb those two words. Oh yeah, absolutely. Why not? Okay. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's English. Don't yeah, get me started. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I, I've been I, translating all damn day. Like I've got <laughs> Tramalchio going through my head right now. So it's it's in Pliny. Like I'm. Whew. All right. So bless you. Yes. So to start with, we need to we we've cleared the air on her um, yeah. a bit. Let's go back to what the four Hogwarts houses are. So we'll okay. start with your favorite Gryffindor. Um, well, yeah, my my alma mater, as it go. were. Um, and and um, I think going back to our discussion the last time we we brought up Hogwarts as a main main topic, um, what we what we came away with was uh, Gryffindor is essentially the house that has no chill. Yes, uh, they um, are. They value courage, chivalry, daring do. Um, and, and, uh, very closely, very, very heavily identified with the element of fire. Yep. Uh, you don't have to be the best at anything, by the way, because your courage is what makes you great. Yeah. I think okay. that's a very yeah. positive yeah, way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Put okay. negatively, like. they are the house of don't look before you leap. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no chill. The, yeah. Uh, 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 poor impulse control. Yes. The house, the house of poor impulse control. Yes. The house of no chill, I think is really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's take a look at the other side of their coin. Slytherin. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. Values ambition, cunning, leadership. You ought to be the best at things because that will help everyone. Mm-hmm. They are water. Yes. Put negatively, they're the house of elitism, which can branch way too easily into bigotry. Uh, and, and, uh, both both Gryffindor and Slytherin have have a very self-directed aspect. Yes. That in in Gryffindor, I think it goes bad as narcissism. In in Slytherin, it goes bad as just straight up selfishness. I was gonna say authoritarianism. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, little, if any, sympathy for those who are deemed unworthy. Yeah. So. Well, they're they're very um, they're they're very uh, uh, like if if you didn't realize Machiavelli was a satire. Right. Their their kind of outlook is like okay, no look, this is all the great game. Mm-hmm. 
And if I bend the game toward good ends, then I do good. And, you know, if I bend the game toward my own ends, then I get what I want. Right. You know, and, and having, having had a very, um, illuminating, I would say back and forth a couple of years ago with, with one of, one of my students who Mm -hmm. who was my favorite kid that year Mm -hmm. and was a truly like driven Slytherin Mm -hmm. individual. And, and we went back and I called her Fang face for a while, (laughs) you know, Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Fangs? How you doing? Um, and she'd just sniff at me and, you know, toss, toss her hair and walk on. Uh, (laughs) It was fun. Uh, but you know, getting, getting into really discussing it with her and, and bringing up the unfortunate culture of Slytherin and, and the racism and all of that with it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then talking to her, and she was African American, uh, and and then talking with her, and then hearing her opinions about race relations in the real world, mm-hmm. it was really interesting to me that that her own outlook on it was very much no look. I'm looking out for me, and not in a, you know. Uh, not, not in a way that was entirely, you know, I'm just going to throw everybody else under the bus, but it was all very, very individual me focused. Interesting. And I mean, that's just one individual, but I I found it, I found it very interesting Mm -hmm. and, and a little bit illuminating that that's, that's, that, that seems to be kind of part of how that cluster of personality traits manifests kind of kind of manifests so anyway well that's water uh let's talk about ravenclaw uh they value intelligence wit learning creativity uh per our previous discussion you're searching for truth above all else because why else are we here Mm -hmm. put negatively uh they are the house of getting lost in their own thoughts the house Mm -hmm. of forgetting that other people are around they're the house of paralysis through analysis when they when they go bad in a fluffy way, you wind up getting Luna Lovegood, who mm-hmm. is the prototypical Cloud Cuckoo Lander. Yes. Heart of gold, mm-hmm. absolute sweetheart, wonderful, wonderful girl, but like, okay, honey, we need you to focus over here right now. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the real world and its problems matter less than other plants. Um, this is the house of air. Yeah. And that brings us yeah. to Hufflepuff, of course, the other side of the coin of Ravenclaw. Uh, yes, they value hard work, patience, loyalty, fairness. Um, immensely, immensely grounded. Yes, well, they're Earth, right? Yeah, uh, you Literally. aren't you aren't the best at anything, but nobody has to be, because in welcoming everyone, you're giving everyone what they need most, which is a community. Yeah, uh, very Earth. Uh, put negatively, they're the house that won't let go of grudges. Indeed, they're and, the house of and... codependency. Mm-hmm. Clannishness. Yep. And the world cannot be left alone. They are always having to meddle to make it better. Okay. So right. now that's that's the four houses. That's the, the, yeah. the place from which we are leaping. Now moving forward, I'm okay. only going to do the Marvel superheroes because we all know my feelings on DC. Um, but I'll throw in, in what little I know on them as well. So we're going to start with a very easy team, the Avengers. Um, All right. However, I'm leaving out Thor and Hulk because those guys aren't really superheroes. They're forces of nature more than they are superheroes. 
So mm-hmm. okay, let's right. let's start with uh, your and my uh, iconic favorite, Captain America. Okay, what house would you put him in? <clears throat> okay, um, so this is a dude mm-hmm. who uh, grew up as an invalid, mm-hmm. and um, even as an invalid, um, if somebody decided they were going to bully him, his response was. As he picked himself up from the literally from the gutter, I can do this all day. Right. Um, When he got turned down uh, to join the draft because he was like 6F, not even just 4F. Right. Dude, sunken chest, uh, you know, uh, asthma, bone spurs. That'll keep you out right away. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, um, he he lied repeatedly mm-hmm. going to multiple different draft you know stations yep uh to try to get in so um and that's and that's before he became a super soldier mm-hmm. um so based on uh our our archetypal argument of mm-hmm. of what house is what then this one is a pretty big slam dunk i think for gryffindor yeah he is the poster boy for gryffindor <laughs> He's not the smartest, but he is no. the leader. Yeah. He's and, not he's and... not the strongest, but he's the first one into the fight. Yeah. He's not doing it just for the person next to him either. He's doing it because everyone who's yet to have someone fight for them needs someone to fight for them. And 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 I think there's also an important component like like I mentioned, mm-hmm. one of one of the traits that that comes with being a Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Or, or that is part of part of that is is a certain self self directedness and and part of the thing is Steve has a very personal no no I right. am not going to let you get away with fill right. in the blank yeah not on not on my watch exactly. there is there is this 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 kind of like no no no. I have the capacity to do this, so I have to do it. And even if he didn't have the capacity, he still had to do it. He'd like you still said. be doing it. His like, statement yeah. of "I can do this all day" is not one of patience; it's one of endurance. It's yep. "I will wear you down by getting beaten up. I I will make your fist bleed with my nose." Mm-hmm. So, uh, courage despite and the broken, over- jagged edges of my teeth. Yeah, courage yeah. despite overwhelming odds. Yeah. Um, his cause is just, therefore he can fight for it no matter the odds. And then my favorite quote of his, which is, doesn't matter what the press says, doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say, doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree besides the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. Yep. That's some pretty goddamn lion and scarlet and gold shit right there. Ain't it, though? Yeah. All right. Next one. Okay. Hawkeye. Give me one sentence for why you think he belongs in whatever house you think he belongs in. I'm going to say mm-hmm. Ravenclaw because air element and he's an archer. Mm-hmm. And and um, he isn't born with a preternatural level of ability. He isn't gifted with some level of preternatural ability. Mm-hmm. He's He is what he is as a hero because he trained for it. Okay. I like it. I'm going to say he's Hufflepuff 
because okay. uh, he cares about the people around him and he fights for them. He cares deeply for them despite his gruff exterior, right? He's also extremely uh, oh. patient despite okay. being a hothead in the comics. Um, and here's a quote from him. You're going to miss each and every shot you can't be bothered to take. That's not living life. That's just being a tourist. Take every shot, Kate. If it's worth caring about, no matter how impossible you think it is, you take the shot. Now, here's why I say that he's Hufflepuff more than Ravenclaw or Gryffindor. In the comics, he was put in charge of the the Thunderbolts. Yeah. And when the Thunderbolts got canceled, he kept it going and he was doing it rogue. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he saw that former villains were actually acting like heroes and he was loyal to their processes. He put himself at risk to keep them good, and he's the consummate underpowered overachiever. And he does it with this stern earnestness that you don't see others using. Clint Barton is driven by loyalty, um, and he was All a right. thirsty bitch a long time in the Avengers. Yeah, well, yeah. So, um, okay, yeah. No, actually, I, I see that, and and that leads me to probably my favorite. Uh, uh, series of Hawkeye stories is the is the Matt Fraction run, um, where he's broke, he's not an Avenger anymore, mm-hmm. and he winds up going up against the Russian mob, oh. or Ukrainian mob, or whatever. Sure. And and it is there. It's 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 one of those series that like we, we're both in in that you know Hawkeye fan club on on Facebook, right? And, and the Fraction Run is one of those things that, like, you know, one group of fans is like me. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, no, that is amazing comic storytelling. Like, mm-hmm. no, you, you. And the other group is like, no, man, they, 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 they overplayed the comedy. They turned him into a joke. He got his ass kicked repeatedly. It's just, you know, he's just right. making quips all the time. And, and, and the thing is, I mean, my, my own argument. Not to say those guys are wrong, because mm-hmm. you know it's a matter of opinion. Right. I mean, they are wrong, but um, th- for for me, the thing about that that series is mm-hmm. he winds up getting sucked into this this chain of events that that get him just beat the hell up repeatedly because he's trying to look out for the people mm-hmm. in in his apartment building on his block. Right. Who are being victimized by these guys? He's and, found his tribe, and he's going to love them. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, it's it's kind of the Hufflepuff version of the three hundred eight rules. Like, no man, mm-hmm. I love these people. I gotta, I'm, I can protect them. I gotta protect them. Right. And <laughs> yeah, and and I don't want to give too much away because clearly you haven't read the series. You you I've not. you need to. I should. Yeah. You need to. I really should. All so, right. So okay, yeah. I'll so give you. I'll give you. I'll give you a Hufflepuff there. That makes All sense. Right. Uh, now, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and I'm going to come back to Black Widow. So I want you to think about Ooh. what house you want her in. Again, one to two sentences as to why. And we'll do that right after the commercial starting now. Hello, Geek Timers. This is Producer George interrupting this podcast to let you know that we have space available. This space could be used to promote your product, book, event, group, even wish a special someone happy birthday. If you're interested in using this space, please contact us on Twitter via private message at Geek History Time.
And we're back. All right. So when we got ahead of the commercial, I said, think about Black Widow and what house she belongs yeah. in. So yeah, yeah. what do you say? Okay. So I'm kind of torn because mm-hmm. you caught me you caught me off guard with Hufflepuff a second ago. Mm-hmm. And now I'm trying to think about it. And the thing is, I can't quite make up my mind mm-hmm. between her being a uh, Slytherin mm-hmm. because ends versus means good point is like no 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 no. that's her bread and butter i'm 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 sorry i'm sorry no you 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 have done this bad thing and all of my friends over here are are light and Mm. and airy goodness i'm just gonna kill you all right right you know um but by the same token there there is again the extent to which she was made into what she is by all of that training and mm-hmm. there is this this level of um well you know i was going to say self-discipline and actually the more i talk about it the more i'm going to go back to slytherin i i think i think her her being a determinator the manner in which she is no no i have decided i'm going to accomplish this goal and yep. i will do literally whatever it takes to accomplish it you have a choice you can work with me or, or you can you die can, yeah. or, or, or you can wind up a body on the floor. I will agree with you uh, as to what, how she sorts in actually. She's the other underpowered overachiever of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a totally different character than Hawkeye though. Um, she's what you get if you take a Slytherin and train them in assassination. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's all about resourcefulness, getting the mission accomplished, like you said, uh, and using her particular skills to do it. The truth doesn't matter to her nearly as much as the accomplishment of the mission. In fact, she even, I've got a quote for everybody. Here's my quote for her. Picking your own jobs means you get to exercise your own ethics, but ethics isn't a science, which is to say you do your best, but that doesn't make you right. She's able to get what she needs from a foe through charm, guile, seduction, violence, fear, playing hurt, pretty much anything. Everything is a tool to her. Everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My final quote. Everyone. Yes. On some level. Absolutely. Yeah. My favorite, my final quote about her is, quote, you might think I'm cold hearted. I am. I can't afford distractions. I've got work to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's pretty snake face right there. Yep. All right. Gotta let's, say. All let's right. talk about vision. Well, okay. He he. <laughs> One sentence. One sentence. <laughs> the Mind Stone, Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, if ever there was a character who was more clearly a Ravenclaw, I cannot imagine a better example. Yeah. <laughs> than just, an android created by a genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well and, yeah, and, and an android created by a genius yeah. who, at least in in the films, mm-hmm. is literally animated by. A, a magical item that is directly tied to intellect. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a little different in the comics, but I still think in the comics you still have all intellect, no passion. He's got everything oh, yeah. calculated, everything figured out, and he tells you all about it ad nauseum. Uh, even, <laughs> even when he decides to murder people, it's an issue of intellect for him. Um. Okay, so yeah. when you, you you say even when he decides to murder people, yeah, this is in the comics. Me, 
which which leads me to the question are you are you talking about the 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 vision short run where the vision has a family of no other visions no have you read that no remember i'm oh, all the way oh, back in the 1960s man. stuff i'm still yeah yeah forward. no I, oh right i will yeah, get there. You're yeah. getting yeah well you know in Mm-hmm. 25 years. Well, yeah. 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 I'm doing but, the work now so I can read the comics okay. later. Okay. All right. Here, here's a so, wonderful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, but in, in, in that series mm-hmm. and, and there's, it, it would be almost impossible for me to spoil it because there's so many different plot twists involved. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, the short form of the conceit is, um, Scarlet, Witch is, is for whatever reason out of the picture and he winds up creating himself a family, all of whom are sort of him, mm-hmm. but one of them is Mrs. Vision, and then he has a son, in quotes, and a daughter, in quotes, who are also, of course, androids. Mm-hmm. And it is a remarkable uh, study of what exactly is humanity. And it gets really grim. <laughs> like, I bet. Like, I mean, it gets, it gets dark. Uh, but in, in, in a remarkably good way. It's, it's amazing writing. Nice. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, so here's a quote from him. Quote, another correction, Iron Man. My brain is a miniaturized high-speed computer. I always know precisely what I am doing. I am killing him. It was Iron Man tried to stop Vision from killing somebody. And he's like, you, you might kill him. He's like, no, I am killing him. What, mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Uh, he gets completely lost in his own thoughts. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and then he can't work, work his way out of them because he's fully convinced that he's right. Here's another quote. I have an equation. In the eight years since Mr. Stark announced himself as Iron Man, this is from the MCU, uh, the number of known enhanced persons has grown exponentially. And during the same period, the number of potentially world-ending events has risen at a commensurate rate. I'm saying there may be a causality. Our very strength invites challenge. Challenge incites conflict, and conflict breeds catastrophe. Oversight. Oversight is not an idea that can be dismissed out of hand. So his solution is to back Iron Man's plan and fight hard against heroes. He's so smart, but at the same time, he can't see the manipulations actually being played by Baron Zemo. And that's super duper Ravenclaw. So smart that you absolutely miss the bigger plan because you're so (laughs) convinced that you're right and you don't think outside of that. Oh, yeah. Well, and and it's also... uh... I'm, I'm just going to throw in here this this is also kind of something that would be very Zinchian in uh, the Warhammer universe uh, oh, the Warhammer okay. fantasy like, or Warhammer fantasy that. battle yeah, yeah no uh, the four chaos gods Zinch is uh, commonly referred to as the god of magic mm-hmm. uh, god of knowledge okay uh, but he is also the god of wheels within wheels plots within plots and he is three steps ahead of everybody else He's also three steps ahead of himself. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like congratulations, you outthought yourself into yeah, a box. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. And yeah. and and yeah. And and you know, you, you get into the metaphysics of how chaos works and, and he essentially he winds up his his plots fail as often as they succeed because they are needlessly complicated. And because right. his agents get so caught up in how brilliant they are that they don't, they don't see the big picture. Right. 
Yeah, I could so, I could see that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I mean that's exactly what happened in in the Civil War uh yeah. movie. So Yeah. Uh the next one um is going to be Iron Man. So give me one okay. sentence as to why you think he's in the house that he's in. Oh man. So the temptation to call him a Slytherin is like ridiculous mm-hmm. just just because uh ambition drive me 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 me. Mm-hmm. Um, Gryffindor is tempting because me, 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 <laughs> me, zero chill. Sure. However, all of that winds up coming back around to, he is absolutely convinced he is, he is the smartest guy in the room. Right. When he's in the room with Reed Richards, his argument would be, well, I'm still effectively the smartest guy in the room because Reed has a higher IQ, but I'm an engineer and he's a theorist. Right. And, and so Ravenclaw. Okay. Uh, you, you triangulated, but you came back to Ravenclaw. Now I would argue that if ever there was evidence that being smart isn't enough to be in Ravenclaw, Iron Man is it. Gryffindor? No, Slytherin. Oh, through oh, okay. and through. He is okay. he makes decisions unilaterally. He's okay. fully convinced that he's the only one that gets it. Okay. Um and this is actually true in the movies and the comics. Oh, uh yeah. quote, I shouldn't be alive unless it was for a reason. I know what I have to do and I know it is right. He does not okay. care that other people struggle along the way. They should just trust him to do the right thing and get in line. Okay. All right, I, I I see what you're saying. I mm-hmm. I see he's it's tough because he has so many <laughs> because he's an example of mm-hmm. of a hero who like all of his flaws are are so it's like a jacket he wears yes. that, that you can just you can see every one of his personality flaws. Yeah, and it's and, like he's and, wearing a jumpsuit of like a NASCAR driver, and you see all his you know his sponsors, the patches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Hopefully instead, it's all of his cool. vices. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and for me, mm-hmm. it's, it's his, no, no, I know what I've got to do and runs off and doing shit. Right. And, and so that, that was the reason I kind of, I kind of came around to, to, I totally you know, get Griff, that being Gryffindor, Gryffindor yeah. for half a second. Cause I'm like, cause, cause no you know, he has, he has <laughs> no impulse control like True. at all. He revels in that. He, yeah. He, he wallows in it. Like, yeah. But ultimately that's a front that he puts up. That's how he keeps people back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. All right. I'm. I'm still. I gotta say. Mm-hmm. I think this. This is gonna be one we're gonna be split on. Okay. I. I do still think Ravenclaw. Okay. Because his his determination that he's right mm-hmm. isn't about him. Okay. If you get what I mean, it's, I do. It's, he 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 is still focused on um you know i have all the facts i'm the one who has thought it out better than everybody else right but is he really looking for the truth in that or is he convinced of his own genius okay the the ego the yeah, the, yeah ego cuz that that cuz he he fronts the no chill and the playboy stuff but yeah. in reality well, here's another quote from him. Is it better to be feared or respected? I say, is it too much to ask for both? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, here's this one. <laughs> Give me a break. I'm doing what has to be done to stave off something worse. Like that's straight out of the MCU. Yeah. 
Yeah. And in the comics, he's similar, by the way. This is like the one character that MCU didn't change that much at all. Um, yeah. In Civil War, where he really came into his own, because prior to that, he was kind of a, a backbencher. Um, Stark said this to Steve Rogers' corpse. Um, and it was a really emotional scene. Um, but, you know, Cap is dead. Um, I know this because the worst has happened. The thing I can't live with has happened. And for all our back and forth and all the things we've said and done to each other, there's one thing that I'll never be able to tell anyone now. The one thing. The one thing I should have told you, but now I can't. It wasn't worth it. Everything I've done, everything I'll do today, everything I'll ever do is uh, I do to protect the world. When I put on this armor, I took on more power than any human was ever intended to have and maybe more responsibility than my heart can truly bear, which I love that because the heart was the reason he had to make the armor. Yeah. But today I will do my job and I will protect you no matter what it takes. This is something he said to someone later. But the fact that he said, I have figured out now that it wasn't worth it, but it's not him who had to pay the damn price. <laughs> like he did in that he lost his friend, but his friend lost his life. Yeah. Um, and he lost right. his own self-respect, but the end still justified the means. Okay. Um, Tony Stark has always been ambitious, resourceful, elitist as fuck. Uh, and mm -hmm. sometimes he's been absolutely right. And other times he's been right, but we don't want him to be. And yeah. other times still he's dead fucking wrong. And no matter what, nobody is able to persuade him. And to me, that's as slithering as it gets. So seem. And I'm, I'm going to do a, a weird okay. thing here just real quick. Um, okay. My dog is very old and he needs to go potty. So we're taking oh, another oh. short break uh, for, for the dog. I will be right back. All right. So we're back. Uh, yeah. The dog is a little bit lighter. Um, so uh, <laughs> I will give you the short version of Thor and Hulk both. Um, they're Hufflepuff. We'll move on. Uh, and if you look at them for any any little bit, they really kind of are because yeah, okay. Thor is yeah Thor is protecting all of Asgard. Hulk yeah. uh, just wants to be left alone, but he really doesn't want to just be left alone. He, well, he one, loves he, Betty. <laughs> well, one he really doesn't want to just be left alone, yeah. and you know he he is in fact Atlas. Yeah. Yeah. So like the Earth element thing is mm -hmm. just too strong exactly. to not be. So yeah. Okay. Next team, Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. We'll start with Star-Lord. <laughs> God damn it. I hate to say this, but he's a fucking Gryffindor. Yeah, 100%. He is he the never, He never has a plan. <laughs> nope. He is completely wrapped up in aren't I pretty. Never looks before he, he leaps. He, he, is, he is the biggest, dumbest fucking hothead. <laughs> he is. Leads with his, his heart. His, his heart. His heart is entirely in the right place. Yep. But but he's a dick. Yeah. Like like yeah. He, he's dumb as shit. <sighs> like, God damn. Just, and he is the ostensible leader when they're absent and as guardian. Um, <laughs> here's <laughs> here's a quote by Star Lord. Um, quote: I don't mind dying like the valiant intergalactic hero that I am, but the least you could do is pay attention. <laughs> Yeah. I feel attacked. <laughs> Without any of the endearing qualities that Cap brings to the table, you get Star-Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, none, none of the none of the self-sacrifice, yeah. none of the, you know, but, team player, none, yeah. none of the tactical intelligence. Right. He's got you a know. hell of a lot of charm to him though. He's well, yeah. he is what happens when your dump stat is intelligence 
um, and you put everything into charisma. Cap is what you get when your dump stat is um, none of them. He's completely yeah, well balanced. Well, <laughs> like, well, okay, I, I am going to say I think I think if if Cap has anything that qualifies as a dump stat, mm-hmm. it it would be wisdom. I would agree. By virtue, by virtue of not having a a self preservation instinct. Yep, I would agree with that. I would. Um, man, we really, but he still really doesn't have one. And, um, yeah, star Lord is, yeah, (laughs) he took all his points and put them in charisma. Uh, he, you'll roll your eyes the whole time that he's leading the team. Um, but he's charming. Here's, here's another quote. I almost made it work. The guardians were more than I could have ever hoped for, but the universe is also more dangerous than I ever imagined. Look around. This is the kind of thing that can happen. The galaxy doesn't need guardians. It doesn't need brave souls. If it's going to survive another one of these, it's going to need absolute badasses. It's going to need the biggest guns of all. Cosmic heavy hitters as scary as the menaces they have to face. It's going to need flarking annihilators. Like, no question that he's going to fight it. The yeah. only question is how hard. Yeah. And 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 how big are the guns he's literally how big are the guns he's taking right. there? Um, yeah, and and yeah, he he is what happens when you wind up putting a bard in the position of being the party leader, mm-hmm. not just the party's face man, right? Like like that's that's the, that's the default, that's the go to, that's that's the right. skill set, right? No, no, he's what happens when it's. No, no, we're taking our orders from the fucking bard. <laughs> yeah. Not not the fighter, right. not the wizard. No, no, the bard. Mm-hmm. Like your adventures every... will be fun and musical. Uh, but... but 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 the likelihood of TPK goes up by about 300%. <laughs> yeah. You know, and 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 on top of that, on top of that. Um, you know, it's 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 Every encounter involves everybody drawing aggro, right? Because because that's that's the go to that's that's what they do. Yep. So like <laughs> like so the tactic is yeah I'm picking a fight. Yep. Do we, wait you're the bard you could talk us out of this. No, Doesn't he's matter. a dick. I'm yeah. picking a fight. Yep. You know yeah I'm I'm just I'm just picturing the 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 fighter in that party looking around like am I taking crazy pills? Yeah. Like. Speaking of the fighter, let's talk yeah. about Drax. Oh yeah, probably not the fighter, probably the barbarian. But <clears throat> yeah. give me one sentence as to why you think he Gamora, belongs in the house. Gamora's, he belongs in Gamora's, Gamora's yeah. the fighter. She's the fighter. Uh, well, I don't know. Actually, she might be. She might be the rogue because she strikes me as more a DPS than a tank. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. he's he is a hundred percent Hufflepuff. Really? He he is. Well, okay. I get a really strong. I get a really strong Earth Elemental vibe from him. Mm-hmm. His entire motivation, like the source of all of his rage, is mm-hmm. the death of his family. Good point. And his and his desire to avenge them and avenge the people of his planet. Mm-hmm. He is um, he is not a deep thinker. Also true. Um, and he, it is as you notably point out, he is not the best of the group really at anything. He is, he is remarkably strong. Right. Um, but he's, and, and he is a very skilled combatant, but he's, mm-hmm. you know, but Gamora can take him down and True. Groot is stronger than he is. His, his biggest, his biggest 
asset is his deep, deep wellspring of rage <laughs> and, and, and the fact that he is a determinator. Okay. I put, uh, him, I put him in Gryffindor. If he was more cunning, I'd put him in Slytherin, but he's not more cunning. And here's why. Like you said, he's driven by the sole purpose to kill Thanos. Yeah. Ultimately, it's to kill Thanos, wipe him off the map. And the problem yeah. with that, and yes, he's doing it to avenge his family. The problem with that is in the comic books, he does it at the worst possible time. He does not consider the consequences of his actions. And that's why I put him in Gryffindor. He never looks before he leaps. He never plans shit out. He has zero impulse control. He has zero fucking chill. That's why I put him there. But I totally get what you said about the Hufflepuff, except he puts his uh, desire for, you know, the mission ahead of his concern about anybody else's well-being. I think a Hufflepuff would think that out. You know, I, I think I think I'm, I'm going to argue that I think a Hufflepuff gone dark side Mm-hmm. Might not. Okay, I I yeah. think I think I because because again, and again I get back to the metaphor of the of the earth sure elemental thing. But Somebody he's who raging. gets who gets he's, he's so well fiery. he's here's he, well here's the, yeah he is but the thing is look look at his look at his build. Mm-hmm. Look at look at the kind of stance we normally see him in. True, he's in this True. he's always in this very broad kind of you know kind yeah, of kind yeah. of stance. Squat. Squat, um, and and the the yes yes he's dealing with with these incredible feelings of rage, but it is it is this constant kind of black fury. It's not like you know Peter Quill is is a hot head who gets angry at something and punches Thanos at the wrong time and kills half the universe. Right. Okay. Well, okay. Drax. So Drax did that in the comics. He did exactly yeah. that. Com- okay. Thanos was going to bring balance back. He saw how fast he could yeah, tip yeah. it out, and, and Drax killed him. And they're like, what did you do? He's like, doesn't matter. In fact, here's a quote. The Guardians have always been a serviceable distraction, but this is my life's work. I must get my revenge against Thanos, and with the entire team following their own agendas, I will follow suit. I will kill Thanos. All right. I mean, it's a compelling argument. Mm-hmm. I, I. Again, you could. I even have it in my notes. You could argue that he's Hufflepuff due to his loyalty, as shown in the movies. But yeah. the fact that he's so singular-minded, sacrifice everything for his goal mentality, puts him closer to Slytherin. But he has no cunning, and he has no chill. Therefore, <laughs> Gryffindor. <sighs> yeah. All right. All right. I. 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 Yeah, I, I see. I see where your argument is based. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just on a on a gut level. I, I know, I, I know. You know, but it, he, I, he but, is a dysfunctional Hufflepuff. And what we decided yeah. was last time that if people would fuck up the house that they were supposed to be in, they go to Gryffindor. They go to, they go to and Gryffindor, and then they get told yeah, they're the worst. Yeah, there's no chill. And then they get to win. All right, uh, Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> Rocket Raccoon is when a Ravenclaw is a dickbag. Yes. He loves devices. He loves repairs. He loves things that go boom. He shows no ambition beyond mischief. Here's a yeah. fun quote. Uh, and all the while in the middle of all that crazy, despite the certain uh, certain death stuff, 
I was still looking for an angle, the out, the fluke, the miracle play, that one opportunity, that one break, the genius way we could combine our skills or exploit their weaknesses and bust out of that death trap alive. Like I told you, I'm a tactical genius. Always looking, always looking, no matter how hopeless things seem, uh, and there was none. We were dead. Certain death. Curtains. Good night. Then the sun came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's what happens when you abuse a Ravenclaw beyond all reason and don't get them into therapy. Yeah. He's what happens oh, when yeah. Ravenclaw gets weaponized. Yeah. All oh, thought and totally hardcore. lost in it. Yeah. Well, all, all thought and there is there is somewhere in 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 the in the depths of his of his damaged heart there is there is a kernel of empathy mm-hmm. but you really got to dig deep to to get mm-hmm. it to the surface yeah and and otherwise he's just he's deeply deeply angry at the universe and he's going to get his pound of flesh by just annoying the shit out of everybody yep. yeah yeah no. Uh, yeah, all right. Totally. Gamora. This one was very obvious to me. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Slytherin. Yep. She can yeah. kill you more ways than Black Widow can. Yeah, it, she's she's she is <laughs> literally she is, the most dangerous woman in the galaxy. Yeah, and and they're in 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 a very meaningful way. The two of them are built on the same archetype. Yeah. She stood toe to toe with Thanos you know. and poked him in the goddamn throat. Yeah, like that's pretty ruthless. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, it's 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 ruthless and and just like Widow, mm-hmm. she was made into that. Yes, through grueling torture, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Darwinian uh, training, torture, mm-hmm. emotional manipulation, all all of the above, <clears throat> and and she. And and then both of them have now come out the other side, mm-hmm. wanting to try to do right by the universe. You know, but by any means but, necessary. But but by any means necessary, and yep. you know, again, uh, ends versus means. It's mm-hmm. like, well, okay, yeah. I mean, we did we did you know shoot the guy in his sleep, but he was bad. Right. She would have like, been okay you know, with killing baby Thanos. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, easily. Oh, In fact, here's yeah. a quote from her: "Children make for terrible soldiers, but they make for wonderful spies." Like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's not comfortable at all. <laughs> not, not, but that's her. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. All right. So all right. let's let's go on to the X Men. Um, I'm gonna stick. Wait, hold yeah, on. Yeah. Back up. What? Back up. No oh, Groot. Groot. I'm sorry. I skipped Groot. Obviously, he's what? Hufflepuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's the heart of the team. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, he's not particularly quotable, so I don't have a quote for him. But he is tremendously loyal to his friends. Here's what Rocket says about him. Okay, he says, see, me, I don't really care about people. I spend most of my time shooting them. But Groot, Groot likes people, always sees the best in them, gives them a shot. And even if it hurts, even if he always goes out of his way to help, Groot makes friends everywhere he goes. He puts himself out there, even when he shouldn't. However, once in a while, he does say something himself. Uh, Here's something I got. I think I found this from Groot, actually. Time is strange. At first, it feels boundless, but it always is fleeting. Soon, our time belongs to others, and it races by. But before we know it, time runs out, and we lose the chance to thank the ones who meant the most to us, who made us what we are. 
Because of her, I learned the greatest truth I know, one I live by every day. I want to thank her. I want to thank the person who showed me that a kinder universe was out there and that kindness is worth the risk. I found Groot saying that at one point. It was like probably the one time that he talked. You know, it's like when you saw Snake Eyes' face for the first and only yeah. time, you know. Yeah. Groot sacrifices himself for his friends and he does whatever he's told within the group. He is a follower. He is mm-hmm. happy for the family. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Groot, Groot. And he grows from the earth. I mean, you know, he's a yeah. tree. All right. Yeah. So now on to the X-Men. Uh All and right. I'm only gonna look at the popular X-Men. So sorry, Angel. Um, but uh <laughs> let's let's start with Storm. Oh. All right. Um, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ravenclaw. Okay. Because I mean, right off the bat, weather weather goddess. Okay, yeah. There's error there. N- number that one. Sense. Number one, air air element. Number two, um, there there are a couple of really great points in in recent kind of kind of analysis of of story mm-hmm. where it really becomes clear that she has a very definite idea of what being a mutant means about what you know their role in the world is and it's something that clearly, you know, has been very much thought out on her part, but it's also something that has not actually been bounced off of anybody else. And it's all, mm-hmm. all kind of this construct of, of her own. Okay. You know, okay. um, and, and yeah, I, that's, that's where I'm going to go with that. All right. I'm going to say she's Slytherin, which makes it three for three, uh, the women, in Marvel, uh, who are on teams, end up being Slytherin. Here's why. She's a queen. Okay. She is the elite. She's a natural leader who even defeats Cyclops for leadership at, uh, of the X-Men at one point. Um, yeah. And here's a quote from her. If we don't act, everything and everyone we've ever cared for dies. It's time to me, my X-Men, the war for survival has begun. Okay. She also recognizes the stakes under which she's playing. She's cunning. She actually sort of cheated to beat Cyclops. And she was willing to manipulate Callisto when dealing with the Morlocks. Uh, Here's a quote here. I have tried being her leader. I've tried being her friend. It never holds for long. In my opinion, being Callisto's nightmare might work best in the long term. Her new scars should aid her memory this time. Storm can be a cold-hearted woman. She really can. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, And I think because of how cunning she is and because she's such a natural leader, when she's on, she's a great leader. And when she's off, she's an asshole. And that's... Tyrant. Yes. A tyrant. Oh, that's a really good way to put it. Um, And she's more than happy to step into being a tyrant if it means getting the job done. And abusing mm-hmm. people who've been yeah. used to abuse. So I would put okay. her in ends, ends versus ends versus means. Yeah. Again, as as kind of that that yeah. final kind of makes me question final final tick mark. Yeah. Kind of makes me question uh, Marvel's imagination when it comes to women too. Uh, so. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna then then I'm I'm gonna say uh, then let's let's look at Kitty Pride. Okay. Good point. Good point. Or uh, Wanda Maximoff. Yeah. Not a bad point. Okay. You know, fair. Um, Very fair. 
you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, Emma Frost doesn't disprove your claim at all. No. Um, but again, bad guy. Jean so, Grey. Also, I wouldn't put her in Slytherin. No. Yeah. Uh, so I, you're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Jean Grey mm-hmm. is 110% Ravenclaw. Yes. Hundred and like. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, her yeah. very power okay. is tied up in there. All right, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Cyclops. Right. I'm gonna say Hufflepuff. Interesting, because he's he's all about he's life, all about the team, right? I think you're right. Later in life, because he goes bad guy. Yeah, he, he's now a bad guy, and it's super Hufflepuff his motivations. But I actually okay. I put him in Gryffindor. Although I think you might have a better point there. Um, here's here's the thing. Gryffindor yeah. Gryffindor was my was my knee jerk response right. because He's a leader. Uh, Boy Scout. Right. You know, look at me, strong jawed hero guy. Right. But no, um, because he he number one he was he he does not have the and now we're just gonna you know go straight at him you know kind of you know he's he's very much a a um he's he's a team tactician Mm -hmm. from on on a very mechanical level he he is the guy who's always saying guys we got to keep training we got to keep training we got to practice this we got to get this right but a lot of that comes out of his sense of purpose that's tied to a sense of duty to me, that sent that that conned more Gryffindor, but I see what you mean. But I, I you know, I it, the thing is, I think I think sense of duty is something that that Gryffindor Hufflepuff and anybody can can be can be motivated by a sense of duty. Sure. I think I think what what makes the difference in this case is that his focus with that sense of duty mm-hmm. is not like Harry. In, in the books, right. Harry is, is working on, I need to be strong enough. I need to be mm-hmm. powerful enough. I need to be the one to run off, you know, and my friends are brave and loyal and everything right, and right. they come with me. But the focus is, you know, I'm the one who's got to stop Voldemort. And that's, okay. and that's very, and that's very, and that, and that you know, cap is, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm the super soldier. I'm Captain America. Right. I'm going to head off and do this, you know, whereas everything Scott does, I mean, the the occasions on which Scott runs off by himself to be the guy who saves the day alone. I think you're looking at Gryffindor only as good guys, though. I think he's what happens when Gryffindor goes bad. He's not resourceful enough to be Slytherin. He only has one speed and one direction. I mean, his very power is fire coming from his eyes going forward. Right. He's Captain No Chill, um, and 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 here's why. Well, he's, like, he's certainly, he's certainly Captain Tight Ass. Yeah, I, that too. No, I. In the beginning, he was the stodgy, one-dimensional leader, but later he becomes the insurrectionist in chief. Right? Um, he well, he killed right. Xavier because he said Xavier was going the wrong way with the X Men. That's that's what happens when No Chill goes bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. I see what you're saying. I'm see. I'm I'm out of touch with those with those right. plot lines. I'm, I'm okay, thinking so here's a older older period. Here's stuff. a quote. Stodgy. I'm thinking of stodgy leader yeah, guy. Yeah. Here, right. Here's a quote from uh from him talking to Xavier. 
Um, you almost ruined everything. Your school will now have new mutants, uh, new mutant students, thanks to me. And you just hope that whoever writes your history skims over how the headmaster almost doomed the entire species when he tried to kill Hope. Hope is a uh, uh, an actual mutant. Uh, she was the first okay. one born after uh, the House of M that had powers. Imagine if you succeeded. There are people who get to judge me, Logan. Oh, okay, so he's talking to Wolverine. Um, I don't think you're among them. Though that's you here, right? Judge and jury, and I know how Jean felt now. More than ever. I understand her even better than before. In a way, you never will. I'm a dead weight now. I've done everything I can do, and I die now. I'm, I die now, and I'm a martyr. And in a few years, some rebellious little kid is going to turn up at your school with me on his t-shirt saying Cyclops was right. Wow, you're a dick. Right. Like, like, wow. Yeah. You know, in, in the X-Men movies, mm-hmm. he's kind of this milk toast, you know, Dudley Do-Right, you they know, stick him, up his ass. Yeah, they kept him true guy. to the, uh, to the early stuff. Okay. And, and see, that's, that's the guy that right. I think is the Hufflepuff. I, I think I this agree. guy, this guy, yeah, is, is, is. Somebody gone bad. Like mm-hmm. who pissed in your cornflakes, asshole? Like well, in fairness, most of the world tried to exterminate mutants. Well, okay, like yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, beside that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> besides attempted genocide, besides, what have they ever that, done to you? What yeah. what have they ever done to you? Yeah. Okay. All right. I you know based based on based on that set of characterizations, I see what you're going with. Mm-hmm. The 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 Scott Summers that I am familiar with from when I was regularly reading the X Men, mm-hmm. the one we I, grew up I with, think, the one we grew up with is yeah. is more more Hufflepuff than than Gryffindor. But I, I get what you're saying. All right. I'll finish this episode with Beast, and then we're gonna need to do another episode because the X Men have just yeah. a lot of goddamn members. So. Yeah. Beast is really obvious. He is a Ravenclaw. Yeah. He's also one of my favorite guys. Um, he's blue. And for some reason, I, I really like blue superheroes. Like I like him and I like Nightcrawler a lot. Okay. Um, uh, but he's way smart. He's blue. He's yeah. furry. There's just something kind of cool and quirky about him. Um, yeah. And he very quickly gets lost in his own funniness. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. He, he gets, is if he I gets... was a mutant. I think. Yeah, pretty pretty much. I, I think I think he's your avatar yeah. in Yeah, in I think you're right. The, in the X Men universe. Yeah. Which then opens up a whole can of worms I don't want to get into because I don't know who mine is and I don't know if I want to know the answer. Well you but, want it to be Wolverine. Well, I mean that's the set of powers I'd want to have, yeah. Right. Well just also the attitude of I yeah. am correct. <laughs> Here I go. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh huh. No, so, I, yeah. what? Yeah. Huh? Whereas I just want to get lost on my own little puns. Speaking of which, also, here's yeah. Here's okay. a quote: "Forewarned is forearmed, Miss M. But forearms do not great do not great feats make. So feats don't fail me now." <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, and in addition yeah. to being witty, he's also wildly intellectual. Here, here's another quote: "Our very presence here, three thousand some odd years in the past, could have irreparable consequences to the timeline. Imagine the butterfly effect extrapolated over a thousand years. Every step we take puts the future at risk. And you're talking about snuffing out one of the most profoundly influential villains in all of human history. 
That's the biggest butterfly effect of them all. So while he's one of the most acrobatic heroes, he's also one of the most brilliant, especially when it comes to genetics. Yep. Yeah. He's so you yeah. yeah. You don't get more no, Ravenclaw. He's, yeah, he's 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 the science hero of the team. Yeah. So yeah. All right, so let's let's stop it there. We'll start up uh, next week's show with Wolverine, um, and we'll just yeah. do a quick recap of the houses and and why we're sorting them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what comic books would you recommend? What comic book series would you recommend based on our discussions tonight? Oh wow, based on our discussions tonight. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh damn it, I don't remember. Oh, you said the one. Well, you can just give us the plot line because people can find it oh, okay. pretty easy. There's, so you said the uh, one where Clint well, takes on the Ukrainian mob. Well, yeah, the Mad Fraction run of the Hawkeye comic, okay, uh, which involves uh, both both Clint and Kate Burton mm-hmm. um, at different points, and it's it's a rollicking good time. Good. And um, there is a trade paperback now mm-hmm. that I that I have somewhere on my bookshelf behind me, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't have it in front of me. But it is it is the secret history of. Uh, when Captain America and um, the Howling Commandos and Nick Fury in World War II mm-hmm. uh, wound up going to Wakanda. Oh, neat! And it's it it is and and of course they they run into uh, Black Panther, who mm-hmm. is the prior Black Panther to T'Chaka instead to, of T'Challa. Yeah, T'Chaka instead of T'Challa. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is a really, really good read and it gets into, uh, some very meaningful questions about colonialism, colonial attitudes. Nice. Um, and one of the viewpoint characters is a member of the Helling Commandos who is a black man. And he gets put in the position by Nick Fury of, well, you know, while we're here, see who you can talk to and, you know, make nice with the locals because you can blend in with these guys and wow. the rest of us can't. And, and it's this, you know, for the war effort, you know. Right. King and, and country. You know, yeah. Well, and, and, and Cap, and, and, and it's, it's a meaningful comparison between Nick Fury's approach and cap's approach cap is talking to chachaka and of course because it's cap and he is the big blue boy scout Mm -hmm. the real big blue boy scout um he is uh being you know completely upfront like no man you know whatever you're going to give us you're going to give us and i'm not going to try to you know we're we're guests in your country i'm not going to try to push you on that Mm -hmm. meanwhile nick fury being you know a prototypical oss agent is is like Okay, look. <laughs> yeah, we got to we, we got to we got to get an angle. We we have to get leverage somehow. We got to find something. And and you know, this this member of his team winds up getting winds up being the one who gets put in this position of Is that Isaiah Bradley? You know, or is it I don't I th- okay. I think so, but okay. I don't know for sure. Okay. I don't remember, and I and I feel horrible that I don't remember off the top of my head. But so, anyway, it's yeah. it's a it's a great read. Okay. Um. And uh. Yeah. It's it's right. it's really really good talking about you know Cap. Um. Uh, yeah. Cool. I'm going to suggest so. Avengers versus X Men, um, because okay. it has. There are a few comics that that strike me so hard. 
um, that I, I'm just like, this is beautiful and this will always be. Um, Avengers versus X-Men, uh, they basically are fighting over this mutant named Hope. Um, and uh, they're also fighting, I think, over... Yeah, they're fighting over Hope. And essentially, the Phoenix Force is coming down. And the Avengers are like, we have to take her into custody so that it doesn't get her because she's super powerful. And the X-Men are like, no, nah, that's not going to happen, man. You, We'll take care of our own. And then the Phoenix Force in, invades and takes over uh, Colossus, Magic, um, uh, uh, Cyclops, uh, Emma Frost, and I, oh, and Namor takes over all five of them because Namor is a mutant. Um, yeah, that's a thing that's been true for a while. Uh, so it takes okay. over all five of them. And then as each of them get defeated, the other four get more powerful. And then the three get more powerful than the two. And then Cyclops basically is like, sorry, Emma, you're dead. Uh, and he takes over all the power because the ends justify the means. Um, and then he he ends up getting it. Oh, it's, it's an insane story. But here's the thing. They had so many of these battles that you always wanted to see. So like Hawkeye versus Gambit. Um, but my favorite one was when it was uh, Black Panther versus Storm. And they've been married for a while. And oh, yeah. they're on opposite sides of this conflict. And, and what you see, and it's like, like it's tear-inducing how sad it is. You see in purple box text, his thoughts. And in yellow box text, her thoughts. As they're beating the shit out of each other and using their powers on each other and negating each other. And there's just like, you know, uh, no matter what happens, you know, it, this is, you know, I'm so sorry that it had to come to this. And it's just their internal monologue. And at the very last one... Um, you see this, uh, the, the box text, and, and, and the, the battle is, is completed. I think it was a draw. And it says, and, and both of them say in the previous panel, no matter what happens, um, there's one thing that's going to be true. Uh, and in the next panel, one of them says, I never should have married her. And the other one says, I will always love this man. And it wrecked me. No kidding. Yeah. It's hard to read. Wow. Yeah. You're so you're watching the dissolve the dissol- dissolution of their marriage as they're fighting over very important ideological things. Also, Peter Parker tells Hope that with great par- power comes great responsibility, which he starts off as a bit of a joke, and then he spins it into this really long monologue about like what it actually means to be a hero. It's really well done. So I I recommend Avengers versus X-Men. So, all right. All right. Uh, where can we find you on the social medias? On the social media, um, I can be found on uh, Twitter at EH Blaylock. I can be found on uh, Instagram at Mr. Blaylock. And uh, you can find me as uh, one half or one third. Uh, <laughs> yep. Sorry, producer George. Uh, <laughs> As one one third of our of our trivium, uh, you can find me at uh, at Geek History Time on Twitter. Cool. How about you? You can find me on the Insta and on the Twitter at at Da Harmony. Two H's in the middle. Um, you can also find me every Tuesday night now at uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Capital Puns. Um, you can find me right. on occasion on British pun shows now. 
uh, and that's kind of fun. Um, but by the time this airs, I will have done two of them already, so I don't have advanced booking nice. beyond that. Uh, you'll also find me every Sunday at twitch.tv forward slash calling it in the ring. So the Capital Puns is obviously the pun show I've been doing for four years now. Calling it in the ring is where my buddy Johnny and I, we do... Um, uh, a, a, we look at a wrestling match and we, we discuss it and we talk about it and, and get into the history of it. It's a lot of fun to watch a long show. So, all right. Yeah. So for geek history of time, I'm Damien Harmony and I'm in Blaylock and whatever you do, don't let the adamantium get pulled out of your skeleton. (laughs) 